This is Shutter's Inc. with Bruce Williams and Glenn Lavender. Hi and welcome to episode 475 of Shutter's Inc. This is Bruce Williams from Shutter'sIncPodcast.com and joining me via Skype. Are you recording, by the way? Uh, no. No. <laughs> that would be very handy if you did. Record, About to hit record at the other end of the line from CreativePhotoWorkshops.com.au. It is Mr. Glenn Lavender. How are you? Um, shouldn't we get uh, John in before we start talking? <laughs> I'm thinking we should. The amount of comments on Facebook, oh, a good episode for once. He's, well, he's more popular than the pair of us put together. Wouldn't be hard, obviously, but, you know, I've never, I've never seen such feedback. There was two, maybe even three posts. Yeah. I mean, there's two or maybe three posts more than normal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should start commenting on our own Facebook post. <laughs> right. Because, well, A, no one else does, but apparently the more you, you – the quicker comments come on your post once you put it up, yeah. the more Facebook takes notice of it and shows more people. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe you and I so should both with, create a couple of fake accounts. and we, we I'm, I'm minorities. I've got on one of them called Glenn Lavender already. He's fake. <laughs> right. Um, so he could comment. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but that's it. It's a, it's a big thing. So maybe because you know, we've never had any you know, comments no. uh, except for John's one. Yeah. Uh, that could be why we were stuck with the seven bloody listeners we got. <laughs> maybe. Lovely as they are, I'm told. That's right. That is correct. How's your week been? My week has been uh, bloody short, I'd have to say. Really? Well, it doesn't seem very long. Oh, it's been at least a day longer than normal between chats. Exactly. Because I had a, a, a talk into a club last night, so oh, okay. we didn't record last night. But yeah, it, it, it seems it seems a really short week, right? You know? Maybe John's words are still just lingering in my ears, <laughs> yeah, and so it sort of that, that sort of makes it feel. You're not going to pretend that you listened back to the podcast or anything, are you? Oh no, I'm just about the original like <laughs> right. whatever it was he was saying. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, uh, they, they they sunk in. Excellent. There was, some, there was some mention about a flipping screen or something like that. The memory doesn't have to bend over. Right. Okay. And I think, was it this isn't like a thousand churches or was it a thousand books? <laughs> it was 47 Anglican cathedrals in England. I remember that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was, maybe it was a thousand books written on those <laughs> yeah. 47. Which you can think ratio-wise, it's a fairly high percentage of book per to a cathedral related ratio. Absolutely. I'm not sure if anyone's actually done the math, but uh, that does seem fairly high. <laughs> uh, now, so my week's been okay, and yours? Um, fairly non-eventful, just work, work, work. I did do one thing this week. Yeah? I ran my first workshop in three months. Oh, fantastic. How'd it go? Oh, no, it was crap. I was terrible. Did anyone turn up? Only the people who were booked. Right. No extra. That's, that's a good start. Only <laughs> <laughs> the ones who were paying showed, fortunately. The, the rest didn't bother to come on the night, yeah, yeah, yeah. other day. Uh, but it was, yeah, too, it was, uh, yeah, you've had, uh, I had a whole week last week of beautiful, sunny, blue sky days. It was just gorgeous. Day after day of just almost like the perfect spring weather, even though we were in winter. I can just yeah. tell where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know what sort of workshop it was? <laughs> Natural, Natural light. light. And you know what the day was like? Overcast. Completely dull, flat, and light. 
It was so bad. Uh, um, a planet-sized softbox. <laughs> we did reasonably well, all things considered. Yeah. But, of course, there's only so many lessons you can teach on a day when the light is doing nothing. Uber flat, yeah. But, yeah, and it was, um, I was mentoring a new model, a young 14-year-old girl. Oh, uh, yep. Who's, it turned out to be a dancer. Yeah. I didn't know it. Didn't know it. And she, she was loved a kid. Uh, I think just not quite old enough for workshop. I think, uh, yeah, in the, all the photos I'd seen of her, she looked looked older. Right. And then when she showed up, she looked a little younger. She had braces, which right. kind of made her look even younger. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, great to teach her. She was really good. I'll go and do some shoots with her privately uh, for her mum. Yeah. But, um, yeah, don't know. She, you know. A couple of years before she's good for workshops, I'd have to say. Yeah, right. Oh, because, you know, people want to post the photos they've taken on a workshop online. And I feel a bit funny than posting photos of somebody else's 14-year-old kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Even, even if she was paid for the gig. Yeah, well, yeah, she was definitely paid for the gig. And yep. it, but, yeah, I, you know, being a dad of young daughters, yep. maybe, you know, yep. has that impact as well. I took a photo of a bird last week. Okay. Yeah, it was a little, little fairy wren, blue thing. Oh, okay. But, yeah, so I took a photo of something different than I normally do. That was that right. was. Uh, was it in your backyard or...? No, I, t- I was, yeah, I was having one of those stir crazy days. I just wanted to get out and uh, and just go out for a while for a couple of hours. And so I went for a drive and I went down this dirt road and a different dirt road and a, another dirt road that I'd never been to. And I found myself overlooking this reservoir, this lake with all these sunken trees in it, which looked really cool. There was this old abandoned farmhouse and sheds up there, which were really cool. Nice. Turned out the abandoned farmhouse wasn't quite as abandoned as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that as I was leaving, I had garbage bins out the, front, out the side from the shitty. So I, I thought you were going to say it was, it was the guy standing on the <laughs> chasing yeah, me around with a, shotgun. with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> now, there was two houses on the property. One was definitely abandoned because it was all you know, right. graffitied. And, uh, but there were all these old out, out farm buildings looking over this over this valley with the lake. It was really, really kind of cool. So yeah, right. it's only 20 minutes from my place, so I'm going to have to go and do something there at some point. Right. So that was pretty cool. Nice. I went out gold detecting for the first time in six months, I reckon. Yeah, right. Wow. I gave myself a man day off on, on Monday, and, uh, of course, it rained. It drizzled. <laughs> I left home, this beautiful blue sky, got into the hills where I was going, and drizzled the entire day. Yeah. But I found my first real find. Oh? A coin. Oh, okay. 1942 threepenny bit. Wow. Three pence piece. Nice. Which has a value. I'm up to $3,750. Jeez. Because it's, it's considered scarce. Wow. Now, now there's some provisos and some, some disclaimers and some, some yeah, $3,750 Australian dollars. Yeah. If it's mint uncirculated <laughs> and it progressively downgrades in value based on a condition. Ah, uh, right. Okay. I had been laying pretty much on the surface for 75-odd years. Wow. Uh, so it was somewhat, shall we say... Weather-beaten. Weather-beaten is a good word for it. Yeah. Uh, on, on one of my gold pages, as I said, put it into a lemon juice. Right. And then clean it up. So yep. I did that. It cleaned up pretty good. I reckon it's now about a $20 coin. Nice. In the Which is, yeah, it's still a fine. But here's the freaky thing, right? Yeah. I put it up on my gold page, mm. and about five minutes later, this guy puts a photo up just with the word snap, and he found exactly the same coin the day earlier, about 10 miles from where I was. Wow. On an Australian coin that's considered scarce, to find three of them a day apart, metal detecting in the bush. <laughs> it's pretty That is it's pretty freaky. Rare. 
It's not though. And his is almost in exactly the same condition. Wow. Well, well, that that's that's not uncommon, I guess. If they've both been lying out there for seventy-five yeah, I get, years, I get the condition, <laughs> but, but but to find a scare a coin that's considered scarce yeah. in Australia, and it was the last year of minting until nineteen forty-seven, so they minted up to nineteen forty-two, wow. and then started again in forty-seven. But here's the thing: I didn't know our coins in those days came from um, is it Denver and San Francisco? Wow! Yeah, they were minting our coin. They did some minting in Melbourne, but the majority of it was done in the US. How bizarre! I know, same thing. So that that was my uh, my uh, my week. Yeah, right. I uh, yeah. Actually, now that yeah. you've now that you've said all that, I d- I did get the camera out. Did you? <laughs> yes. Kath and I went away for uh, Saturday night last week. Did you? Where'd you go? Yeah, we went up to uh, Tea Gardens, which is about an hour and a half north of where we are. Yeah. Uh, it's just on the north side of a, a major estuary and inlet known as Port Stevens. I know that. Yeah. And um, I'd never been to Tea Gardens and Kath hadn't been there for about 25 years. So it, for both of us, it was pretty much like going somewhere new. And yeah. uh, we just, yeah, just got a, a hotel room up there for the night, 100 bucks, and, you know, went out for dinner and went out for breakfast and took the camera sure with the me. local economy would have appreciated that little Exactly. Impact. That's what we figured, you know, let's just do what we can to spend a bit of money around were the they, Were they affected by the fires much up that way, or was that something that... I don't think that area was because it's so close to the coast, and, I mean, <laughs> I say that, but then there were parts of the country that were on the coast that did get heavily affected, like Malakuta, yeah. but, uh, no, exactly. I don't think, yeah. I don't think tea water. gardens did, no. But, right. um, I, was, I was just wondering, yeah, whether you're... Because yeah. I know obviously they would, they would have had financial difficulties with COVID, but also were they also yeah. hit by the fires as well, the double whammy. Because a lot of Victorian um, country towns are double whammy. Yes. They had the, the fires and then they had COVID straight after it. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I think it's aliens next month. So they're in deep, <laughs> yes. deep trouble. You know? there's, a, there's a massive green meteorite went over, um, meteor, I should say, not meteorite, meteor went over Perth a couple of days ago, and everyone's going, it was great, all this video footage of it, because it took ages to go across. Right. Going, ah. <laughs> so it's going, who had, who had aliens for June? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tick off right. your bingo yeah. card. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was mine. Nice. Oh, so, so you had a good time? What did you take photos of? You said you pulled the camera um, out. So yeah, what did you shoot? I, I took a, a, a handful of shots, but really oh, nothing nothing that really was worth showing to anybody. Um, so it was, like your normal work. It was a little bit disappointing. And to be honest, I'm a little bit rusty because I haven't shot for ages. Um, I felt the same way at the workshop. Yeah, right. I, I, can, I can appreciate that. So, but yeah, if, you, if you're not exercising that visual muscle, that's right. And, it, and it's not the big things that are that you miss. It's the subtleties, the little stuff. It's yeah, just a, yeah. It probably yep. you find the same. It's just a, that familiarity and that uh, that little tweaks you might do when you're doing it fluently and uh, regularly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But you yeah. took some photos. Did it feel good to be out taking photos? It absolutely did. It really did. To me, that's worth more than the photos. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I don't really care for the photos that much. Yeah. I like the going out and the doing. Yeah. You know? So yeah. we're, we're gold detecting. It's the opposite. I care for the gold a lot, but the doing, <laughs> I'm not so keen. <laughs> you know? 
walking around in the hills in the drizzle. <laughs> not, oh, not so leeches, good. <laughs> leeches and winter, snakes in summer. That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, and spiders all year round. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, just going out and doing is such a just a nice thing. It's such a yeah, yeah. It's a relaxed pastime in and of itself. So yeah, I, I did take some other photos. You, now you mentioned it. Now you, I did uh, I did some macro shirt photos with my iPhone whilst I was at gold detecting. Oh okay. These, I was finding all these tons of little you know anywhere from or oh, half a centimeter to ten centimeter mushrooms everywhere. Oh, yeah, I mushrooms, didn't see those. Yeah, bigger than the size of my hand. I didn't photograph any of them, but I photographed these really tiny little, yeah, you know, literally half a centimeter, three quarters of a centimeter, all sorts of different colors. And, wow. Yeah, and uh, and of course, my Facebook post said, "Yeah, you know, I went out in the bush by myself, but ended up hanging out with these fun guys." Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was, but I, I was going to take my daughter's. Uh, she's got a really great quality magnifying glass. Right. Uh, I'm going to take that put that in front of the iPhone. And try and get some really close detail shots of these tiny micro mushrooms. That's a great idea. And yeah, do it with your phone, you know, just a bit, a bit of fundies. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, why not? Kind of experiment and play. I, used to, I did it a whole afternoon once where I put my phone inside a glass jar. Okay. And I, was, I was shooting down, down a glass jar through the, through, the, through the base, and the base was my filter, my lens. Right. And just getting all the distorted, weird sort of tones and colours and looks from <laughs> moving it around and shooting. <laughs> nice. You, know? you should ask, ask me why. Why? No idea. It seems kind of mad now when I mention it, but time <laughs> <laughs> seems like a good idea. <laughs> but just playing with stuff, you know, we'd be kind of then be just expanding on that, and then getting getting different colours cellophanes to wrap around the barrel of the lens of the of the lens of the uh, of the, the glass jar. jar. Yep. See what kind of tones and colours and stuff. Yeah, you can right. you know, play and play with your imagination. Maybe put some aluminium foil around it and see how the light bounces around yep. the crinkled foil. You've got all sorts of fun you can do. You can do yeah. real lenses too. Yeah. yeah. Nice. We've got a heap of stuff to cover this week. Um, so the first thing is uh, something that I came up with. This was on uh, Will Shipton's emailing list. And this was all about the ongoing debacle with Shutterstock and the changes to the way the royalties are calculated. And basically a whole bunch of Shutterstock contributors have united and formed a coalition that they're calling uh, Stock Coalition, and they've banded together and disabled their portfolios on Shutterstock. And they're basically doing this for the entire month of June in the hopes that this will massively impact Shutterstock's financial figures for the quarter. Uh, even more so than you know covid might have already done but to this point as we're recording this it's allegedly not had any effect on the company in in terms of getting the company to backtrack on the you know changes to the royalty payout structure so um, I, I guess they'll just continue to hope that if they hold out long enough the company will backtrack but anyway Wait and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, because we talked about that recently, didn't we? Yeah, but that was not this. This it was more about the fact that they were changing the payment structure. But you know, this uh, this stock coalition. Oh, yeah, this is the next step. So yeah. it's, it's the yeah 
that they've changed the so what, what what can the people do if i was this this group that obviously have a fair amount of images yeah i'd start my own website called stock shutter <laughs> and start selling my images there. Yes. <laughs> next, that's the next thing, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the next thing I saw, this was on briansmith.com, who's uh, quite a well-known photography blogger, um, and this was all about a, a Tamron uh, issuing a recall on their 72-180 f2.8 uh, DI3 VXD lens. Rubbish. What? You're saying that there is no recall? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it does say a partial recall. It's okay, but that's not a recall then, is it? <laughs> but, it's yeah. a partial but recall. Is a batch has had an issue, right. and they've contacted those owners and said, it, take it into service and have a, have a yep. tweak. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. a recall, a recall is, hang on, we've wholesale butchered this. Oh, okay. Everything's got to come back. Like okay. the car industry with the taco uh, airbags. You know, right. Millions. So, I mean, one thing, one batch having an issue. Every camera, every company that was across the world, every company manufacturing anything across the world has probably had that issue at some you point. Know? Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just uh, maybe I'm, I'm not sensitive because it's Tamron. I'm sensitive because of the way news is reported these days. The, right. The, the, Sorry, the that's, that, that was my mistake. I hadn't no, 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 read no, the text on, on, the, on, the, on the blog you've got. He's got a picture with a mass of red wood saying "recall" through the middle of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, sensationalism for the sake of getting clicks, effectively. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know what what percentage. I heard there was a, some some minuscule little thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, the collection of your lenses serial number. Well, look at the things. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a partial recall to repair performance of the floating system, which corrects field curvature. If your lens is effective, Tamron inspect it. Uh, but it doesn't. But see, he's done this. He hasn't put any information out there though. Yeah. I mean, so that's really clickbait, isn't it? You know, it's like, hang on a sec. Yeah. Well, tell us how he's affected. Tell us, give us a link give us, to their... At least give, give us, us the, 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 the range of serial numbers so that you can at least check it against your lens. There's a link in there for Tamron's recall notification if there is one. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Oh, I was, oh, the, the, the via Tamron down the bottom there. So let's see what it says here. Click on that. Notice about... Thank you for choosing Tamron products. You're welcome. So even in their own page doesn't say anything. So well, it's see. got that it's got that button in the just above the graphic that says check serial number. Yeah, but yeah, but they they had not indicated how many how many lenses may be affected. Yeah, you know, it could be could be uh, the closest thing they get is that um, we have found that some lenses had had already been shipped uh, without the value being optimized. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and so when you when you click on that button, it just simply gives you a text field to enter the serial number of yours, and then it's just going to reply with a yes or a no. So I guess it's fairly smart. You're still not going to know how many lenses have potentially been affected. So, so I mean, from, from a company's co- covering their ass standpoint, it's yeah. pretty smart doing it. Yeah. But from the disclosure of, hey, hang on a sec, we've, we've major, is it a major problem? Is it a minor problem? Yeah. I would rather, I'd, you'd rather any company own up and say, of the 300,000 lenses were shipped, 297,000 of them. Because you know it's a major problem. Yeah. Not uh, if they let's say one thousand of that three hundred thousand are faulty. Yeah. That's a minor problem. So I would rather know. Oh, did they do, 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 If it is a minor problem, let it be known. Yeah. Because people will always assume it's a, it's a major problem with the company. Yeah. The honesty and clarity is always far better than subterfuge. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Particularly in this day and age. 
Yeah, because no one trusts anything. Well, I don't trust anything I read these days. Yeah. I spent half my week this week going on saying, well, nah, that thing you just put up, just, no, <laughs> here's the actual yeah. next. Yeah. You know? So you, don't, you start but anything that's, that's a little vague is, is, is questionable these days. That's yeah, right. In my book. Exactly. Uh, we got a, a, a comment via Patreon from Kevin McKibben, who said, Hey guys, can we Patreons offer up a one-time payment to fund some product and find out if George G is right and that Glyn is even more entertaining while drugged up? That Maryland listener. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, I'm game. <laughs> I'm up for a dude. Of course, I like you are. Thinking, Kevin. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we oh, then got George. One... What have you started, George? Exactly. And then uh, Cass Tippett on Facebook said, "I just wanted to say it was wonderful hearing Glyn finally come out of his shell and actually tell us what was on his mind, like pulling teeth trying to get an opinion out of that guy." But in all seriousness, I could have listened to him go on for another hour. It's always worrisome when people I respect and enjoy listening to start to talk about something I care about because far too often. I'm disappointed in what I hear. So relief washed over me like a wave once I realised, okay, I can keep liking these guys. They're on the right side of this thing. Anyway, love the show. Love Bruce's Dark Table videos. Always look forward to your weekly giggle fest. Thanks for the laughs. Oh, uh, What's she referring to? She's referring to the 30 minutes of... (laughs) I was on uh, drugs at the time. Troubling times. (laughs) I was pre-testing the... the, the, the (laughs) Well, I... Thank you, Cass. I appreciate that because I've been, I've been. I almost, I almost messaged Bruce a couple of days afterwards before he edited it and said, "Just cut out wholesale as much as you want to out of that." Right. I didn't, but I, it was on my mind to do so because yeah, it was. I didn't start the podcast with any intent, and it was just a free, a free thinking, free falling, <laughs> emotional thing. Outpouring. Outpouring. Yeah. So and and so I, I honestly I, I genuinely appreciate that and uh, I will be trying to be a little bit more candid with my opinions going forward. <laughs> no you won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, candid. I'll be a little bit more open with my opinion. I'll, I'll share my opinions a bit a bit broader right. from now on on, right. on, uh, on stuff like your photography and so on. <laughs> Mind you, she's obviously very delusional because she loves your, your dark table stuff. That's right. Do you still shoot up your nose or have you stopped doing that? No, I stopped doing that. <laughs> you make me sound like I'm a cocaine addict. <laughs> I, was just, I was just watching. Oh man, it's dark going. table. It's good stuff, man. Bruce is on drugs. That is how I sound. <laughs> I was just watching the show before coming to record. I don't know what the show it was like on the background. I happened to look up, yeah. and it was a dramatic scene. Of this guy, and it was a profile shot of this guy talking, and he had a, ma- and it, it, it was sort of lit from the back, so it was almost rim lit in a way, and you, you could still see his face. Yeah. But he had one massive nose hair sticking out, perfectly oh, straight. Oh, no. It was glowing. It was glowing in the shot. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> you should have done something with that guy. <laughs> Can't look away. That's the same thing with your, your your. That's what I see with so many of these Zoom meetings. Having a look up people's noses. Yeah. It's like I've stacked my my uh, laptop on multiple books to get the thing high enough to you know, yep. not uh, from the table, so it's not looking up at you. It's, yeah. It's so disconcerting as a viewpoint 
because you never you don't converse with people that way. Well, I don't because I'm tall. <laughs> but, oh, maybe it's what everyone's like talking to me. Yeah, all the short people. <laughs> Because the people I had in my, in my workshop on the weekend, they were, they were vertically challenged to the max, all that 257. Right. You're running a Hobbit workshop. <laughs> what, what their life is like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob, Rob Coates. Just before we get to Rob, yeah. you mentioned um, I did a talk on camera club, to a camera club last night, the lovely folk at the Rosanna Camera Club. Mm. It could be Photographic Society, I'm not sure. Last night, and uh, I did pump out the podcast. Yeah. Uh, to come and come and listen to our podcast. So if we've got new listeners tonight, our podcast sounds like this all the time. Yes. <laughs> so, That's right. All over the shop like a mad woman's <laughs> breakfast. Be <laughs> here for a long time, but <laughs> blame you otherwise. Uh, but I wanted to jump down the list to Rob Coates' email simply because uh, it's in the same vein as Cass Tippett's comment. Uh, Rob Ooh. said, G'day, Inks. Apropos to the discussion on racism in this week's episode, I thought you might like the attached image I saw recently. As for Facebook, I have a Facebook account, but I never engage in any discussions with anyone because I don't want to get uptight over some dickhead's comments. I'm 20 years older than you, Glenn, and 20 years crankier, so I give that a miss. (laughs) Maybe you should do the same. In fact, the most I ever use it for is to read your dad jokes. Keep them calm. <laughs> Regards, Rob Coates. Good on you, Rob. I uh, can't. Did you I'm, see I'm the photo? No, what's the photo? It's a photo of four Labradors and one's cream oh, no, and, one, yeah. and there's two brown ones and a black one. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, and here's the thing, though, Chris. If you get those four Labradors yep. and cut them all open, yep. they bleed the same colour too. Exactly. However, you probably have more outcry Mm-hmm. For people cutting open the dogs, then the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And may I just add to one thing, and I'm not going to go off on the tangent too much. Yeah. Since George Floyd, yeah. American police have killed 120 Americans. Wow. They've shot and killed 120 people. It just boggles the mind. Yeah, the mind is fully bogged. Uh, old. Yeah. Uh, we shall move on to David Marland, who uh, sent us a link saying disgraceful manipulation of photography and this was on dp review and it was all about fox news in america coming under fire because they put up a couple of images from the seattle protests where they photoshopped a guy wearing a green mask a uh, bandana holding you know, some sort of semi-automatic rifle like an AR-15, wearing a what looks like a bulletproof vest. It's probably not. But they photoshopped him into these two images. Like, they use the same shot of the guy in both images, which is probably how they got caught out. But it's just, yeah, as David said, disgraceful manipulation of photography on the part of Fox News. So, yeah, I'm sure they'll get well and truly hauled over the coals for that. Uh, if you're wondering why Glyn didn't respond to any of that story, it was because we had a dropout in Skype. So I'm just going to move on to the next section of the podcast. I'd like to break into the podcast briefly to mention that we now have a Patreon account. If you get any value at all from our photographic giggle fest each week, we'd really appreciate it if you could spare a couple of bucks a month just to help keep the servers running. The link will be in the show notes. Much appreciated. Now, back to the podcast. And then David sent us another email uh, following up on the discussion about Topaz. 
And he said, hi, guys, as requested, my potted review of Denoise AI is below. I dug up an Astro pick with the 7D at 1600 ISO as an example. I've reproduced the review in a Word document, but the difference between the original and the final images may be difficult to see within the document, so I've emailed these and the other images separately. So if people want to look, I suggest they download the images and look at them full screen. Note that in the split screen images, the denoised sections are on the right. Bottom line, it works for me. Cheers, David. So then he goes on. Using Topaz Denoise AI for noise and sharpening. First up, I am lousy at applying sharpening and noise reduction, especially in Lightroom. It seems too easy to tweak the noise from smooth to cartoon. It does not seem linear. You make a big move and nothing happens, then you make a tiny one and it's all Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> sharpening is a bit the same. Nothing happens for a while, then there are more halos than a Giotto. The problem with the Canon 7D was that once ISOs went above 800, noise became a problem. I looked at all sorts of solutions and have ended up using Topaz Denoise AI. I will admit that I began with Topaz Denoise, but that was just as confusing as any other application with the same results. But when I got an upgrade to Denoise AI, it's a lot easier and frankly it suits me. I really do not want to be mucking around denoising things when I can be doing other things. The advice from Topaz is to use this at the start of your workflow because it could introduce artifacts if you use it at the end of your workflow due to the adjustments you may have made. Despite this, I tend to use it at the end and I've not seen the problems warned by Topaz. Denoise AI operates as a plug-in to Photoshop and Lightroom as well as being standalone. You can save the files in a variety of formats. I tend to save mine in TIFF. Firstly, the interface is dead easy. For me, that is an immediate winner. There is the choice of two algorithms, Denoise AI and AI Clear. AI Clear is an earlier algorithm and in some cases gives better results than Denoise AI. No, I have not systematically looked at it. I just click save when the result pleases my eye. <laughs> when you open the photo in Denoise AI, it puts a base Denoise AI setting of 15 for noise and 15 for sharpening. You can then use Denoise in auto or AI clear in auto. The auto settings are a good starting point and can be manually changed to taste at any time. Denoise AI uses a slider, while AI clear uses buttons of high, medium, and low. To be honest, I don't know how the AI bit works, but I do know that for me, it's easy and gives good results. Certainly better than I've ever got by any other method. My workflow is upload photos to Lightroom, applying zero sharpening, and then make any Lightroom adjustments. Go to Photoshop, do any changes. Photoshop is better at cloning and repairing images than Lightroom. If I have been using multiple layers, I merge into a flattened layer at the top of the stack with Control-Alt-Shift-E. Then pen the filters dialog and select Denoise AI. If there are no adjustments in Photoshop, I simply make a duplicate layer and then go into Denoise AI. 
Denoise AI comes up with an enlarged split screen of the photo. Navigating the enlarged view to a key part of the image, I move the before and after line back and forth a bit as I make changes. I have a look at the default, then the Denoise AI Auto and the AI Clear Auto, see which one suits the photo best, do any minor adjustments, select OK. You can apply to the whole image or brush where you want. There is a bit of crunching and you're back in Photoshop. Save back into Lightroom as a TIFF. Both the AI autos tend to put more emphasis on sharpening than reducing noise. It also comes with a nice startup dialogue. For me, it's simple, easy and works. As a worked example, I'm using an Astro shot taken with the Canon 7D at 1600 ISO, 20 seconds f2.8 with a Tamron 15 to 30 lens at 15mm at Lake Bolac a couple of years ago. There we go. So those are David Marlin's thoughts on Topaz. Well, thank you, David. That's a nice in-depth review, isn't it? Yeah. So I'll put all of the images in the show notes for anyone that wants to check them out. And I'll also put up his uh, Word document, but basically it's what you just heard me read out. I find it um, interesting that I want you to put the denoise uh, in at the beginning of the uh, the process, which is the counter to anything I would ever do that's up at the end. So, what, yeah, but yeah, no, no, that makes sense to me. I would have thought you'd do the denoise at the start, so that you are applying, you know, that denoising before you go and muck everything else up with, you know, increases of saturation or contrast or anything like that. I would have thought, yeah, you'd want to, you'd want all that denoise stuff to happen as early in the pipeline as possible. A lot of the stuff that you could do is actually going to add noise to the photograph. And if you if you just denoise, then you're adding noise by some of the other processes you do, and then not denoising again at the end. So that's why I was same with sharpening. I'd never sharpen at the beginning of the process. Yep. You don't ever sharpen at the end. Yep. Um, you know, output sharpening rather than rather than you know, pre pre editing sharpening. But look, if, if, I'm sure they've got a reason for it. As you say, it might be I don't do denoising, so yeah, you know, it's just my logic saying it doesn't. I wouldn't do it that way. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'd still do what Dave's doing anyway, regardless. Yeah, I'd do it at the end, even if it's supposed to be wrong. Yeah, right. Um, all right, let's keep going. What's next? All right, uh, Adam Davidson sent us a couple of things. Uh, one was a recall notice or a partial recall uh, notice on some recall Sony. Or a partial S- recall, because yeah, that's a big difference. Well, that's a good that's question. It. Let me call up the blog no, post no, and find out. Recall the blog. <laughs> Uh, there we go (laughs) boom boom (laughs) Uh, a short while back I wrote a review of the Sony Tough Series SD cards I actually froze one in a block of ice blah 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 regarding SD memory cards of SFM series uh, SFM series tough specification and SFG series tough specification. Recorded data on the card may be damaged or data may not be recorded correctly when shooting video on a camera in video speed class mode. Whatever that means. Yeah, exactly. So it's a partial recall. It's only on these couple of different series of uh, Sony memory cards. Really so. interesting on those SFM, though. All the ones, so the card looks exactly the same, mm-hmm. except for one's got a little star next to where the uh, the model, the, the, these little boxes where I'm shooting the serial numbers are, and the, other, and the ones that are affected don't have the star. So does that mean at some point <laughs> they realise there's a problem? Because why would you add a star to the card all of a sudden? You know yeah, what I mean? That's right. To me, they're saying, hang on a sec, we've realised there's a problem, 
keep shipping out cars, but it's just put just so we can differentiate. Let's put and, that, and to me that means they've known for a while. Yeah, right. That's a problem because why would you start? Why would you change the template of your print? And if it's not a if it's not a new model of card, you know, a new yep. series of card. Yeah, they've obviously done something to the architecture or done something to to the card because all of a sudden they've got this little star next to the serial yep. number, and those are ones that are all fine. And yeah, right. same again, same again with the second one. Yeah, um, all of a sudden they've got a little star next to the thing, and they're all not affected. Yeah, uh, well, actually, actually, that, actually, they're no affected card. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but then some that don't have the star are no affected, and some without the star are affected. So that's weird as well, you know. Very. So if you if you if your serial number starts with TV, it's faulty, which is bad because it's a video fault, and the TV ones are faulty, which is kind of <laughs> bizarre. And and the ones that start with TR are fine. So total yeah. recall or something. Who knows? But yeah, so it's, as, as we said before, funnily enough, yeah, everyone has problems, you know. Yeah. And I yep. can imagine, I could imagine just how how much is involved. As as you're saying, these these cards only have a fault with what when they're using what mode? Did you say? Uh, video speed class mode. Yeah. So who knows what that is, or how yeah. many cameras use it, or yeah. But yeah, you imagine you've got to make something that's, that's capable of working with absolutely everything, and if it's four thousand different ways of recording stuff. You know what there. I reckon it is? No, tell me. I reckon it's a bunch of cards that probably came off a oh, what are, what are, what are the the classes of cards called? There's like uh, it's not Cheap a, and nasty a, a, and U, a U number like they they have like class of U10 or U yeah yeah, yeah 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 and it's probably that they were a U4 or a U6 class card that accidentally got labeled U10 and so people are thinking oh yeah I can record 4K video to this because it's a class 10 card but it's actually not. Yeah, yeah. And I, I reckon at some point they've realised the mistake, and that's why they've changed the the print template on the card because so they've that's gone. The, the v video speed class mode must yeah, be. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because the, ca- the camera compatible with video speed class V60 and V90. Yeah, is okay by the same. So yeah, bizarre. But it's over yeah. a two year period they were manufacturing these things. Yeah, at least that's a. So I, I, I think they've just accidentally labelled some lower class cards as being a higher class than they were, yeah. And and so that's why it's an issue if you're trying to record video to them. Now this guy here was saying he, he had seven Sony SD cards, uh, eight Sony oh. SD cards, and seven of them were, were affected by it. Wow. It's, it's <laughs> pretty, but I suppose if you if you're replacing your cards regularly. Which, yep. you should, which you should do. He might have been buying batches. He might be buying batches of ten at a time or something, or eight at a yeah. time. They yeah. just happened to yeah. get a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next one that Adam sent us. This was a, a very interesting story about a photographer and yeah, so a Adam model. Sent, Adam sent an interesting story. I thought so. I just, uh, I just, just, just like to clarify that's all. <laughs> photographer and model who went out and did a shoot uh, and he used I, I don't know if it was his car but it was a Volvo car uh, and he had this theme for this shoot and, and basically both he and the model were only doing the shoot for the benefit of their own portfolios yeah, yeah. he posted the images on his Instagram account yeah. Volvo USA's Instagram account uh, commented on the photos and went, oh, we love these photos. You know, hashtag us with this hashtag if, if you're okay <laughs> with us sharing them. Yeah. Uh, he has reached out and specifically said, no, you can't use them. And they went ahead and used them on their Pinterest and their Instagram accounts. <laughs> and 
He and the model have now started a lawsuit against Volvo because the model was contracted to another car brand at the time and it potentially put her in breach of her contract. So she's suing for punitive damages because... Their, yeah, Volvo's actions of you know using these images nah, when they'd been expressly nah, told. No, nah, no, nah, nah. her actions what? have put her in danger. She has no leg to stand on whatsoever. Why? She's no, well, she's contracted to a brand. Yes, she but she actively goes out, does a photo shoot with a guy standing in front of another brand of car. That yeah. guy puts those online to promote his himself and his business, she's standing in front of the another bloody company. She's posing with, and it, she's the car's in every single shot. So the implication is her and the car are linked. Mm. It's like it's like if you're a football player and Adidas are paying you $10 million to wear their shoes and you run out in the field wearing Nikes. Yeah. You know, she she's as much to blame. I'm sorry. I mean, Volvo okay. USA did the wrong thing, but yeah. she she put herself in a compromising position in the first place. Yeah. She is, she's I, contracted to, to Brand X and she's standing in front of Brand Y. I, I see your side of the, the story and, and oh, I, I'm not... Right <laughs> well, well all, I'm, all I was going to say was maybe she was of the understanding that the images wouldn't be shown until her current contract finished. No. You know, but she was happy to do the shoot as long no. as they weren't showing. I don't know. No, no, that's, 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 that's pulling a long straw right there. Fair enough. you know what photographers are like. They go out and shoot, <laughs> they edit and post them straight away. Yeah, absolutely. If you're going out, and if you, especially if you've got some good images, you go, oh, they're yeah. really cool. Bang, Wanna straight away, them? you're going to put them out there. Yeah. Um, and, and so, no, that's, that's just her being stupid, for number one. Fair enough. Fair enough. If this guy knows this girl... It's him being stupid as well. That this, this, yeah, because he would have known she's got this deal with this organisation if, if he knows her. And if he doesn't know her, she should have mentioned it. You know? so, so there's yeah. all sorts of conflict going on. Yeah, fair enough. And then, as you say, and, and the other problem is as well, what you don't see here is when did he tell them that they could not to use them and had by that stage had they already done it? Yeah, which doesn't mean right, but you can see it can happen a lot. Hey, you're promoting Volvo yeah. your photos, so yeah. Volvo are happy to share your photos. Hey, look at these Volvo, these good photos. So you can see that that relationship is different. And if you yeah, if you get that email message from them, you don't connect them back for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden they use them. I'm just I'm just looking to see if it says when he actually posted the shoot. Oh yeah, so the shoot was in April. Yeah. He posted the images pretty much straight away. As I said, he would do. Yeah. The they then reached out. He uh, he oh, looked hey, at the terms so- and conditions. The terms and conditions basically would have granted Volvo a perpetual license to use them in any way, shape, or form. He said no, didn't hear anything back from them, and then in November saw them on their Pinterest and Instagram accounts. So that was a good, you know, seven, eight months later. Yeah, but see, so he didn't answer, and then a week later they posted the same thing again. I don't mm. know whether he answered then again either. So, I mean, because yeah, it says right here, it said the second posted a week later said much the same thing. Can, we love your photos. Can we use them? And that's the problem that's, that's as well. All these companies have – and any, any photo uh, competition and some, all have the same problems where yeah. their general clauses have some 
thing like that gives us perpetual use of them for free yeah. and uh, yeah to market itself and it's it's um yeah and it's it's, it's a terrible thing that shouldn't shouldn't be allowed in the first place but it's, you should pretty much never enter any photo competitions especially brand ones like hey take photos of your volvo and submit them to us because as you say it's, you're signing them over for, yeah. yeah, and we'll give you a free box of chocolates if we pick yeah. you sort of thing. So, uh, so they get all this free media for, for very little cost. So here you go, Schroeder allegedly never received a response from Volvo. So the problem in terms of conditions, allowed to use the photos in perpetuity for free or even perpetuity, both of those. Mm-hmm. I'm reading some Peter Pixel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't see anything anything where he's, he's saying that he straight away contacted them. Yeah, I would just say, yeah, here's the thing. Yeah, straight away, if the photographer sees that, he sends a bill to Volvo. Yep. This much money. Problem yep. solved. Yeah. Yep. Volvo then, in their right mind, go, hang on a sec. Um, maybe maybe we, we, we'll, we'll recompense you for, okay, you've given us this figure, we'll negotiate this figure, whatever it may be. The problem with the girl, to me, that's entirely her fault. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I would be very curious to find out how that lawsuit goes. Yeah, right. And I'd be very curious to see if she's uh, – well, but also, you've got to step I'd, – I'd like to see another thing. I'd like to see what sort of contract she has with this other company. Yeah. Yeah, uh, based on what kind of things. There's so many, so many layers to this stuff, you know. Yeah. It's just crazy, you know. Yeah. According to the lawsuit, Volvo was anything but apologetic when Schroeder reached out, asking them for the images to be taken down. After emailing the company twice to point out the infringement and call out the damage being done to Mrs. Sumida's career, it allegedly took Volvo months, I don't know why they're in uh, parenthesis, months to <laughs> remove the images from both Instagram and Pinterest, which only happened after the plaintiffs filed lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, this is being hashed out. Volvo allegedly sent an aggressive and intimidating letter to a company that had worked with Schroeder, threatening to sue them for using the images from the test shoot. What? In a tweet. That doesn't make any sense at all. Why would Volvo send an, no, a, an aggressive... I didn't understand that bit. Yeah, send an aggressive letter saying you can't use somebody else's phone. <laughs> the lawsuit calls this move nothing more than a transparent attempt to bully Schroeder and submit it into dropping their claims. I don't get that at all. That makes no, no sense. Unless they're saying you can't use our car in your video. Well, if he bought the car, he can do what he damn well pleases. Well, can he? I don't know. Maybe this contract, maybe maybe this contractual obligations when you buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Is it the rabbit warren? This stuff opens up, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's like there's a car company. I mean, let, let's say uh, someone's using a Volvo to mow down wombats, okay, and they're promote and they're shooting the Vol and they're trying to hit the wombat on the Volvo logo, you know, and they're filming the logo as the wombats are in slow mo, of course, because yeah, but you wouldn't be using one of the Sony video cards because they make you faulty. <laughs> <laughs> and this yes, Volvo have a fair right to say, hang on, we don't like the way you're using it. Product, <laughs> you know, but it's the thing. I mean, if, if are you are you assigning um, some sort of commercial attribution to that vehicle by having it in every one of your shots? I mean, their car photo. You look at the photos; they're styled like car adverts. Yeah. yeah. So what? So what's the implication to the brand? And if you don't like what that's being, how that brand's being used in those photos, does the brand have a, a right to come say, "Hey, you've got to stop doing these photos because we like wombats." <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. But speaking of wombats, uh, yeah. I saw this week for the first time some hmm. photos of the yellow-footed wallaby. Oh, okay. Which I've never even never even heard of a yellow-footed wallaby before. But I suggest all our listeners 
pause the podcast right now and Googleify up yellow-footed wallabies because them things are damn cute. Right. Have a look. Can you see? Pull I one am up looking at one. What do you reckon? Uh, they look like wallabies. They don't look like wallabies. Well, they do, but they look cuter than wallabies. Maybe they maybe do. Choose, choose. They've got beautiful striped tails. There's amazing coloration on them. Yeah. Yep. Very, very cool. So I just yeah. saw somebody's photo this week of one, and oh, that's very, very cute. Yeah, I'd never heard of one. Me either. That's what, that's what the other reason I uh, yeah. to put it up there for our internet, our Maryland listener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at something different. Uh, yeah. uh, and the uh, last that, story that, that, that really Adam more, sent more. us. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Wait, but wait. And I, I really like this. Really? So there's two things from Adam that are good. Yeah. He's going he's to rest on his laurels now. We won't hear from him for six months. The title of this uh, post is Portraits of Most Beautiful Chickens on the Planet Capture Their Underrated Beauty. Now, <laughs> I saw the headline and went, what? what? <laughs> and basically, these couple of Italian photographers got all these different varieties of chicken and photographed them under really nice studio lighting. And yeah, I don't like the lighting at all in any of them. Oh, there's one. There's one. Because you can't see the eyes. The first three, you can't see the eyes. <laughs> Well, that's the feathers, mate. That's got nothing to do with the lights. No, the food first one has got, it's got completely, completely exposed eye. It's just not lit. Right. So you okay. can't see it. Yeah, yeah. that first one, but my, the plumage is clear. Check yeah. out the plumage. Yeah, Beautiful plumage. plumage. Um, and then, uh, do you remember, I don't remember, years ago we did the podcast, a guy I think he was photographing cows and pigs and stuff. It was in studio lighting in France or something. That were right. Good. Just epically good, yeah. But I, ju- I just really thought this was an interesting concept, and I thought it really highlights the notion that if you light something well, yeah. it can be the most boring or random subject, and it's going to look great. Yeah, well, they, but they've got this is all got texture and colour, which kind yeah. of helps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can see you can see why fly fishermen like to kill these things and rip their feathers off their body. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring the tone of the podcast down, Glenn. Because <laughs> you can see just how just how they uh, how these feathers are great for flies, you know. <laughs> so kill them all, come fabulous. That's the lesson. But I just don't know. There's one so about halfway down. Looks like he's wearing UGG boots. There's so, many, there's so many ones where they haven't lit the face. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah, and I don't know, that just does my head in a little bit. There Maybe it's a portrait photographer that's, you know, I, I yeah. key in on the eyes and when you can't see them. I mean, this one's, this one's not even facing the camera, for goodness sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're very cool. Yeah. Some, it's just an amazing the variety of chickens. I, I had no idea uh, that there was a... this much variety in the chicken world. So yeah. there you go. There you go. Good stuff. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Uh, maybe I should suggest you don't look at those websites quite so often. You're, you're, <laughs> yeah. You're searching out for photos of beautiful cut. Anyway, it might come up. <laughs> Very bad in search history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, what do you got? Me, nothing. Tamron. Let's talk about Tamron in a, in a positive way, rather than the. Um, well, the, they finally released their new lens. It's twenty-eight to two hundred for Sony. Yeah, which is kind of what I said it was going to be, but uh, yep. I couldn't quite exactly say it because I'm not allowed to. But um, <laughs> but I, I had to I had to go and see what people were saying about it. Right, and of course. <laughs> People, people. So this, <laughs> this guy, this, comments, I don't shoot mirrorless, 
However, <laughs> get rid of the 2.8 and make it f4 and give me at least 24 mil at the wide end and it'd be much more useful lens for me. But you don't sh- <laughs> but you, you, you but you don't shoot mirrorless. It doesn't matter what they do to it. It's never going to be yeah. more useful to you because you That's don't right. shoot mirrorless. <laughs> so he's objecting the fact that, the, that it's the world's first 28 to 200 that starts at 2.8. He's, object, yeah. he's objecting to it. Like, come on, <laughs> give me a damn break. And honestly, would would you really give up, you know, a, a stop of aperture for the sake of an extra four mil of width? Well, it depends what you do. You know, honestly, you only have to you only have to step back two meters to get that extra form. You might not be able to step back two meters. Yeah, I know. But yeah, it depends what you do. So I can I can understand some people want twenty four, and then therefore this lens isn't for you. That's but it's like me saying, oh, look at this new Nikon eighty five one point eight. Oh, tell you what, if it. It's no use to me because I shoot Canon, but if it was 1.4, it'd be so much more useful to me. It's still not going to fit on my camera. That's right. Oh, my God. Then I've got this one. Apparently, Sony doesn't want this 28 to 200 to compete directly with their 24 to 105, uh, their 24 to 70, uh, the 24 to 240. Okay, I get they're all lenses that have similar ranges, but then he goes on to the RX 10.4 and the RX 100 V right, seven. 100 100 Mark Seven, which are compact cameras. Yeah, <laughs> what? what? None of that? that makes sense at all. Exactly. How's, how's a 28 to 200 competing with a 24 105? And how's it competing with a compact camera? I mean, it's like it's not. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what, I've got my I've got my Sony A7. Ah, uh, forty six point six or whatever they do. So many other things. <laughs> Should I buy this? This twenty eight to two hundred four. Go and buy a compact camera. Oh, I yeah. tell you, how, ooh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, twenty four to one hundred five. Yeah. So what a bummer he says. That's just. And then, um, and then next one down. Well, a lot of commentators here guessed it right. Well, maybe not the twenty eight mil bit as the widest part. <laughs> Everyone who was guessing what the lens is going to be, well, a lot of them got it right, except, well, they didn't guess it right. Like, <laughs> except the on. bit they didn't get can right. You, can, yeah, can you, can you see that your comment doesn't make an awful lot of sense? You've got, you got 100% of it almost right. Yeah. And then in this day and age, personally, I can't see much appeal in a standard zoom or a travel zoom that starts at 28 instead of 24. Panasonic's 20 to 60 for full frame looks very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> what? So you're comparing, you're comparing a a lens that doesn't that doesn't go on the camera that you have. Yeah. That you can't see the appeal of a 28 to 200, but a yeah. 20 to 60 makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I guess Tamron knows its market better than I do. I'm thinking. Uh, but, yeah. this, but this and the 28 to 75 are somewhat head scratchers to me. A 28 to 75 is a head scratcher to him. Yeah, so obviously he really doesn't know much. <laughs> obviously, Tamron, I guess Tamron knows its market. But 28 to 75 are one of the biggest selling lenses for uh, cameras yeah. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and he, but but he finds a 20 to 60 makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I, love the, I love the comments. The next one's great. I'm eagerly awaiting the reviews on this one. Everything will hang on its image quality. Well, aren't all lenses? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to go, I'll tell you what, 
the image image quality review is absolutely terrible, but that twenty to sixty is a great angle of view for me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go buy it. Yeah, the image quality is crap, but I'm buying it for the specs. I love the numbers. <laughs> yeah. The numbers are everything. I don't, I don't care about the fact that my phones aren't getting really good. You know. And then here's one on Facebook. Uh, All in one question mark. It's not wide and it's not telephoto. It's a tease lens. You are always looking for something more. Nothing special, Tamron. Tamron, you're lazy. <laughs> it's not wide. Well, everything below fifty is considered wide. Yeah. So I've con- it's Facebook, so I've commented this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything below fifty is considered wide. So in anyone's definition, twenty-eight is considered wide. Yep. You say it's not telephoto. Well, everything above 50 is considered telephoto. <laughs> yeah. This is 200, so it's, it's telephoto. Yeah. It's the first lens of its range to start at 2.8. Yeah. So, yeah, nothing special. Well, it's special because it's the first ever in the world to be able to do that. Yeah. Tamron's lazy? I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, it might not be the lens you're looking for. That's fine. But yeah. don't go on a thread to comment and say, it's nothing that I want because it doesn't do what I want. Because it's not made for you, then, is it? It's not, it wasn't aimed at you. It was aimed at other people who might go, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Yeah. yeah. And so he's come back with, well, if you want to keep those old-fashioned numbering traditions going on something new, I guess there's nothing more I can say. You know, that 28 is considered wide and 200 is considered telly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, people, you know. <laughs> But that 20 to 60, I tell you, <laughs> love me a three-time zoom. Yeah. That's, I'd like to try it. 20, 20 mil, 20 to 60 has got a nice focal range, actually, but um, yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd be interested to try it, you Because know? uh, you get all these 17 to 35, 17 to 40s, maybe a 17 yeah. to 50, maybe a, yeah, an 18 to 60 would be a pretty cracking lens for someone to come out with. But, um, it, of course, it would depend on the image quality, of course, <laughs> not just about the numbers. So that was the funny stuff coming out um, yeah. uh, from the. Then I came across this thing on, on, from Peter Pixel. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a lovely guy. He puts out a lot of stuff, Peter. He does. Perhaps <laughs> uh, iOS automatically blurring faces yeah. uh, and stripping metadata from photos. Okay. You can use this app. So if you're like at a protest and you want to take uh, photos of something happening, but you don't want to be geolocated on the image, or yep. you don't want to be putting people in who are, are in a, you know, been seen in the image and getting themselves getting them in trouble, this yep. app automatically blurs it and strips the metadata out, which I thought nice. I've got no use for it, but it's interesting, I guess. It's amazing what technology can do. Yeah. Twenty twenty Canon lenses have been squeakly, squirrely announced of what's coming out for the Ooh. R-series cameras. Okay. So got a, they've got a stack coming. They've got a 70 to 200 F4. That's nice. Uh, 100 to 500. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, mind you, it all depends on the image quality, as, as we know. Uh, <laughs> and I must say, it's 4.5 to 7.1, so it's neither here nor there when it comes to aperture, really. I mean, it's not yeah. 2.8. Yeah. Uh, they've, got a 50 mil, they've got a 50 mil 1.8 coming out, an right. 85 F2 macro. Ooh. Oh, that'd, that'd be a pretty cracking lens, wouldn't it? That would be. That'd be great portrait, great macro lens. Yeah, that'd be mm. very, very sweet. I'd, I'd love to see that. That's 600 mil. I don't get it. It's a 600 mil F11, though. F11? It'd have to be a mirror lens. Yeah, 600 F11's got to be a mirror lens, which makes sense because you want something small and light yep. for that style of body. Yeah. Um, but, of course, it's got to, yeah, put a lot of, I want to, I'd like a 2.8 mirror lens, but yeah. Then they've got an 800 mil <laughs> F11 coming out as well. So <laughs> yeah. I guess they've got 600 and 800 mil mirror lenses. Now, it's been a long time since, since mirror lenses have really been out in the market. It's got to be 20 years yeah. 
since yeah. they've been popular. And that specialised donut bouquet is going to be is is quite it's quite unique. It's very it's right. unique. It's unique. Um, <laughs> so that's that, that'd be interesting lenses to try as well. And they've got a one point four and a two times teleconverter. Sweet. I'd like to try the two times teleconverter on the eight hundred f eleven. It'd be sixteen sixteen hundred mil f twenty two. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to require a little bit of light. It'd be a lot more useful to me, though, if it was F-16. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> As a starting point, yeah. So there'd be, yeah. and then with the two times converter, I'd be F-32. That's Because right. that does increase your depth, yeah. And you want that with the, you want that with the 2200 lines. Right. Well, I don't know why they've got a four times converter, frankly. Uh, the, uh, I saw I saw an Ellen Crumb's uh, Instagram page this week that uh, they're, they're saying that they they haven't used the terminology slave and master on their flashes for many, for quite a few years now. And oh, is that tried right? Very hard, tr- tried very hard. And, and, and people are saying, that's it, I'm never buying Ellen Crumb again. Uh, <laughs> because the, because you're, you're, uh, but, but if you think about it, all, all your Canon flashes and Nikon yeah. flashes, they have the terminology slave and master. That's the thing that's coming up. And, and I had a little little online debate with, with someone the other day. Um, uh, uh, somebody put it up, a photographer friend of mine put it up, Mm. And saying it's ridiculous, and all these people going, "Yeah, oh, so where's the world coming to? How stupid, how ridiculous!" So of course I put up. I have to, yeah, you know, I, ca- I can't be like Rob Coates. I have to you know, put my, <laughs> pen, my put my mouth in there, and so I put. Uh, Look at all the white people commenting on how slave and master isn't a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe if your familial history had some drama in it that way, you may feel differently about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, well, I've been using the term for years with the company. I've been using the term for years and never thought about it. I said, well, yeah, that's, again, yeah. <laughs> part, of the, the part of the point. Yep. Uh, and he says, and even if I've used it, I've never used it with any malice or any – I said, yeah, but it's not – not about you. No, about that's right. Others, uh, and so you know, uh, yeah, things like trigger and receiver is just yeah. Uh, uh, a, it's a far more accurate description. Yep. You know, uh, I want this flash as a receiver. I want this. <laughs> I want this flash as my trigger. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the, 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 visually, it makes much more sense. So it's, it's just interesting to see how the world is. I hate to use the term pivoting because pivot yep. such a horrible COVID. Is it COVID and pivot same amount of letters? Interesting. Maybe it's maybe a conspiracy in there somewhere. That's right. Just on a related note, yes, the digital audio workstation that I use uh, yeah. is, is called Reaper, and oh, that's the people who died won't like that. No, they won't. Uh, but there was an update came out for Reaper in the last couple of days, and grim? one of the th- oh, very one of the <laughs> changes was. They said we are removing the terms master and slave from the oh, wow. from the grouping function and replacing it with um, lead and follow. I think were the terms oh, that they yeah. And I thought, well, good on them for you know responding to well the current zeitgeist, yeah. if may, you like. There you may know. have been no one complaining about it exactly. But when you when you just kind of assess yourself and say, well, you know. Do I do stuff? This that is I the one thing realize. that we can do to be. A, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not much. I mean, we're not going to we're not going to scream it out. We're going to put out press releases saying we're doing it, but we're going to notify people who use the product. Yeah. if they need to go. Oh, the wording's changed. Is it do anything different? But yeah, so yeah, yeah. and it's the same with, with all these, these manufacturers. Just need to just sort of think about yeah. The origins of terminology, and that goes for yeah. anything, you know. Yeah. Any, 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 so much in our language which has history that is not necessarily 
right. Yeah. And um, yeah, and there was a big thing this week about yeah. You know, um, there's police here in Victoria. They had uh, tried to protect the statue from getting defaced. So they had hundreds of cops surrounding it all night long, right? Right. And someone just took a photo of it, put it up online and said, um, if you could only get one-tenth of this amount of policemen to stop violence in the home to come around and protect people <laughs> when they ask. Yeah. Or, I don't know, one-tenth of these police over at uh, the Rio Tinto site where they blew up a 46,000-year-old Aboriginal heritage site yeah. even when they knew they weren't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, obviously, yeah, your your history's your, your, your 150-year history is more important than 46,000-year history. Right? <laughs> but it's true. It's, there's all these little funny things that you – you just don't question necessarily because it's not you what your brain's at, you know. But it's yeah. um, it doesn't hurt to have a conversation, yeah. To, exactly to, to assess what you're saying. And here's the thing: there's a, there's a show in England I've wanted to go to for a couple of years called the Photography Show. Right. Uh, my mate David Kai Piper is not Pied Piper, like in your, your mm. follow and lead <laughs> we've just been talking about. Uh, they, they had a, a, a really good show um, called the photo, the photo Show. It's on the twenty and twenty first of September. So it's like a trade show, right? No, no yes, and not so much. Don't, don't think so much trade, but think photography enthusiast show. It's a place to go and celebrate photography and right. Learn but but, stuff but, but and like a trade show, it's in a big exhibition hall. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that yeah. kind of thing. But it's but it's it's more about an education event and a right. shooting event, and it's, it's, it's not the old staid stands of people trying to flog gear. Right, so, and they have lots and lots of training. Well, this year it's being put online. For the first time, because of obviously yep. with COVID, yep. so therefore anyone can pretty much go. Nice. You don't have to be in England anymore. So, um, so it's 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 uh, the photography show dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, go check it out if it's something you might be able to log into a few things, see some cool stuff for free, and yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, and for I'll those that are interested, it'll be September the twentieth and twenty first. Yes, it will. That's this year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, so go check it out. It's um they they got nice. some some good stuff going on there, I'm sure. And uh, least but not last, have we got anything else to talk about? I don't know if I do. You have four gig sec. Do I? Four gigabytes. What's, what's, what's that about? Oh, that's right. So, so for my mate uh, who runs a dead pixel society, yep. posted a thing about the the new new classification specification of uh, SD cards will be able to transfer four gigabytes a second. Of Yikes! Four gigabytes a second. Isn't that astounding technology? That is phenomenal. It's just, it's like, wow. Yeah, where are we going to be in ten years, Bruce? Oh I'm yeah, ten years older. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but um, obviously, if you're shooting eight K video and stuff, I'm guessing this is the sort of stuff you're needing. You know, but yeah. uh, at the workshop, I had to, on Saturday just gone. There was a guy there um, had the Leica SL. There's mega mega dollar camera. Yeah, right. he, he, he and, and mega expensive lens. He had all this really expensive gear. So much expensive gear that he, he had an issue with one piece of his equipment. He dropped it or something, and the fix was nine thousand dollars to repair Ouch. the camera and lens that he dropped. Ouch. Um, so he had to, but he's shooting this Leica SL. I've got no idea how big the file sizes are, but they're big. Right. And he's shooting at seventeen frames a second. <laughs> <laughs> so you think about your data, your data movement. Is, yeah. When you're moving that much data all the time, is so damn important. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll try to turn it down to yeah, you know, for a stationary object, you probably don't need quite that much. Yeah. But um, but yeah, just think about the four gigabytes a second. That sort of stuff. Yeah, you'd be no need to buffer anything anymore. Yeah, my cameras are good for like you know, nine or fifteen shots or whatever before they need to stop for a second and, and breathe. Yeah. But four gigs a second, and once that once the 
cameras are able to push that data through. It's going to change sports photography. It's going to change yeah, wildlife photography, you'd imagine, as well, you know. Yeah. Quite incredible. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to find out what the – uh, playback speed will be because obviously the four gigabytes per second relates to data coming from the camera onto the car yeah. but i'm yeah. wondering what the read speed will be i can't actually see that information in the post but it's probably in there i can see a bunch of numbers but i don't yeah. want to try and do the maths at this time of night no excellent i, I don't want to do it any time of night or day <laughs> well that's it my friend we, that we've, is it we've come to we've come to the end of another hilarious episode. That's it. Here's an idea. It's a bit out there. How about next week we do another one? We can do that. I, do I, I just wanted to throw something out there because what did what, you said something you said something a minute ago about... Oh, oh, that's right. The cost of the Leica camera. That's right. Oh, yes. yes. So I'm working with an author at the moment uh, who's narrating his book. Is that pretentious to narrate your own book? No. No, okay. not really. No. Uh, in this particular case, it's a self-help type of book, so oh, okay, it yeah. kind of makes sense. Dr. Phil. Uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, you, but, don't want, you don't want Dr. Betty reading Doctor for Dr. Phil. No, that's right. But interestingly, he was talking about there was a time in his life where he was really focused on the fact that he wanted to own a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, we we covered this part of the book, and then later on in the day when we were taking a break, we were in the tea room making a cuppa, and I said to him, so what sort of Lambo were you looking for? And he said, oh, a Guiardo. And I went, oh, okay, yeah, cool. And he said the, the price on them had been coming down. He said I'd been watching the price, and it was coming down. And I, I went, oh, okay, are we talking new or secondhand? He went, no, 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 secondhand. And I went, oh, okay. He said, yeah, they were sort of around the 200 grand mark. He said, and then, you know, I saw one online that was – online for 189 and i thought wow that's pretty good he said and then <laughs> a few weeks later it was down to 169 he said and then a week after that he said i saw it was down to 149 he said at that Jewish. point i was starting to think oh i could maybe make that work um but he was saying <laughs> he's got a mechanic that he uses for because he's currently got a an, another Italian sports car that he, he really likes, and he's uh, he's found this mechanic who's really good. And he'd said to this mechanic, you know, if I was to buy a Lamborghini Gallardo, would you be able to service it? And the guy just looked at him and said, don't buy it. Do not buy it. And he said, why not? And he said, well, this service I've just done on your current car that cost a thousand bucks. He said, if if this was a Lamborghini, that would be 10 grand because of the parts. Oh, <laughs> he said, so if you're penny pinching, just trying to rake up the money to buy the car, forget yeah. it. <laughs> My goodness. My <laughs> I goodness. thought it was hilarious. <laughs> anyway. One, one, one last quick story because it yep. it's, it's nothing to do with photography and you can turn off now if you want to, people. Um, my wife has listened to a podcast though between Russell Brand. Oh, love and, Russell Brand. And Darren, Darren, Darren Brown, Darren Brown. The, if you've never seen Darren Brown stuff, you've got to go watch Is he the hypnotist? He's, he's not, he does something, he's mentalist, he does something, yes. but it's not necessarily. So they're doing a podcast and apparently Darren, Darren Brown sponsors a parrot protection agency you know like a rescue agency oh okay. so when when people have parrots they no longer want or whatever and you know, want to get rid of them so, yeah they, they call these people they come and rehouse them basically so right. this guy's got a call uh he runs the agency he's gone out and and um he's met the lovely old couple who've got this parrot 
And the wife totted off into the kitchen to make a cup of tea. And he's talking to, to the husband. He goes, well, she says, well, what's your reason for wanting to get rid of the parrot? He goes, oh, look, you know, my wife's not here now, so I, I can kind of say it. Look, she's she's getting a bit senile. Uh, I, I think she's getting dementia. And uh, and she's getting on and I'm getting on. It's hard enough to, you know, to look after her now, let alone have to look after a parrot. So uh, it's just a, you know, maybe a good idea you know, to try to assist it. And then his wife walks in with a cup of tea and walks out. He goes, just to give you an idea, that's the eighth, seventh cup of tea she's brought me today. Wow. And, Darren Brand, and the guy goes, oh, jeez. You know? anyway, so the guy goes in the kitchen. He's talking to the um, to the wife. She, and she goes, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Said, uh, um, I, I, I really want, I love our parrot, but my husband's getting on years, and I think he's getting, I think he's getting senile. <laughs> and I think he's getting a bit of dementia, and uh, he's getting on. I'm getting, it's hard. Uh, he, he, he goes, oh, what's wrong? And, uh, and while she's talking to him, she hears, put the kettle on, love. <laughs> and, he, and she goes, she goes to give an example. That's the eighth time he's asked for a cup of tea today. So she makes a cup of tea and she takes it in. And this guy's standing in the kitchen, wait, he sort of follows her a couple of seconds afterwards. As he's walking down the corridor, he hears out, put the kettle on, love. And the couple are in the lounge room. This voice comes from behind. It's a bloody parrot. It's a parrot. <laughs> So, so once he explained it to them, they both get the parrot. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so that's a funny little story to finish off the podcast. <laughs> oh, dear, dear. Oh, my yeah, friend, excellent. you have a good week. You and, too, mate. Um, be, be well, everybody, and yeah. um, keep sending in nice lovely comments about us because uh, it makes me feel good. No, um, please send stuff to us. Talk, talk to us. Talk, let us, let us share interesting stuff with each other. Absolutely. We thank you. All right. Have a good week, mate. I'll talk to you next week. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye. Shutters Inc. Another audio2.com quality podcast. For questions, comments and feedback, email theboys at shuttersincpodcast.com. Come <laughs> on.